go time. It's time to lay the foot slack. It's foot slap time! Keep the fires going. If I'm not back by dawn, call the president. Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, This is episode 300 of the show. And this week, basically, I've spent time in my own life pausing and reflecting on just the journey of this. Um, Not only the show, but just how it's kind of like been a part of my life over the last five and a half years. And I think back to recording the very first episode um, when I was still living in Danville, Virginia, Uh, had a two and a half year old, had a newborn, like literally, I'm pretty sure my wife handed me our newborn daughter, Zoe, in the middle of recording that episode. And, And I had this idea and this, like I was motivated to to do this, to do this creative project. Uh, but I really, truly didn't really know where it was going. And I was kind of open to that journey though, where I was like, Hey, I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to do it consistently every week. And we're just going to see what happens. Um, and then sitting here five and a half years later, obviously, you know, the kids have grown older and we've moved to a different state. I've had another kid. Um, I've just thought about all the experiences I've had and all the people I've been able to talk to and been able to kind of pick their brain for the show. And it really is, is something that just brings a huge smile to my face. And I do feel like I've become a better more well-rounded, more evolved person uh, because of these conversations. So um, so it truly is an honor. And sometimes I, I guess my whole thing here is sometimes you just got to start something, whatever that something is for you, you just got to start it and stick with it. And don't like try to let go of some expectations at the beginning, like you don't know where it's going to take you. You don't know the opportunities that it's going to open um, for you. And I think just being kind of flexible with that and being willing to like, here's the thing, like start anything and you know, those, you know, opportunities will arise. You just don't know what they are yet. Um, And I feel like that's kind of how I went into the whole podcast thing like I knew something I knew there was going to be cool experiences I've had I would have by starting it but I didn't really know what they would be um and so I was just kind of open for the journey open for the ride which is awesome um this week for episode 300 since I've been thinking about that I'm like man out of all the people I've met and all the people I've talked to and people I've been so honored to have on the show. And hopefully you all have really enjoyed some of these conversations and have learned from them as much as I have. But truly for me personally, probably the biggest um, thing that I've gained from this podcast are the friendships with 
the three guys that I'm going to share with you guys today. Um, we all met at, at the Deseret stage race back in 2018. And ever since then, I've been inspired by each one of these individuals um, in all sorts of different ways. And I've gone on adventures with them. Uh, we, we all have made a movie together that update. Uh, we're, we're getting through the f hopefully one of the final edits right now. Um, but it's just been like, it's just been an absolute pleasure, absolute joy. Um, so today, here's how I kind of look at the podcast. I kind of recorded two episodes here. The first one is with uh, my friend. The starting of this show is going to be with uh, the guys I met, Phil Pinty, Paul Shearing, and Thomas Mullins. Uh, we all just sit down. We kind of talk, reflect on the experience of meeting each other, reflect on an adventure, kind of try to get to the bottom of the answer of the question of like, why do we do these things? Like, why do we like to go out and have these experiences and what do they bring to our lives? Um, and then the second episode is just a sit down conversation with Phil Pinty. Um, and it's really just me talking about <laughs> what we jokingly have been calling season one of the podcast, which only took five and a half years. Um, that joke's going to get real old by the end of this episode for all you guys, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we talk about just kind of my thoughts on um, taking a little break from new episodes. Um, basically, this show will be the last brand new episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast for probably the next two or three months. Um I'm going to put on replays. We'll put um, some of the old episodes up that you may have missed. Uh, I might even record new intros and outros uh, every so often, maybe not every time, but but some of the times. Um, but essentially, it just boils down to I, I feel like I want to go out and have as many adventures as I can this summer uh, with my kids and with myself, but really I want to be able to have that flexibility, uh, to kind of not have something on the schedule, right? Like if Tuesday's a really nice day, I don't want to, I don't want to not go stand up paddleboarding because I have a phone call to make it 1130, right. Or something like that. Um, and, and this year has been so busy. Like I've been on a really, busy schedule, really kind of almost like rigid schedule, uh, trying to get, um, everything done, everything from being dad to being husband, to being a uh, teacher, to just normal life stuff, but also add in, um, we've been editing this movie and by we, I mean my friend <laughs> Josh, who's our editor, but, uh, we've been having conversations almost every day and, and it's been a, a process for sure. And one, I'm, I'm like so glad I've, I've been able to be a part of, but it's definitely been a, a lot. Uh, and so I think this summer doing less is going to be um, really beneficial to me, which is going to be so cool. Um, and then I'll be refreshed coming back for season two <laughs> sometime next September. So, uh, but yeah. So anyways, that's kind of the main idea here, but let's jump, just jump right into the episode. Uh, 
This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 300. There are two parts to it, which is so cool. It's like supersized. Uh, so let's get into it. This is me sitting down with my friends, Paul Shearing, Thomas Mullins, and Phil Pinty. That's going in. That's going in. Did you just try to fart with your arm? I I'm sweaty enough. I think I can do it. Wait, let's see. Can I? That's pretty good. Right? Audio test complete. Um, hey, Thomas, because you have the coolest voice of all time, can you say welcome to episode 300 of Like a Bigfoot podcast? Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three zero zero hundred of Like a Bigfoot podcast, starring yours truly, Christopher. Whoa! Wow! This it's I came downstairs and Lindsay was really like, "What are you guys going to talk about? You're just going to have them like applaud you for twenty minutes?" And I'm like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> I was embarrassed by it, but anyways, welcome guys. I'm super honored. And Phil, can you just like kind of summarize what you just said, but clean it up a little bit? Hey, so wait, hold on. So context wise, um, are you are you are you plugging this into a, a pre existing thing? Yeah. So Phil and I talked for a little bit last week, mm -hmm. and so we're we're gonna plug this part in the middle of that. I think. Okay, so just drive, just drive like you were doing then. Okay, now I understand. Good. Yeah, go for it, Phil. Talk about what you just said. Yeah, so um, Chris Ward, Paul, Thomas, and myself, we all met during the 2018 running of the Desert Rat Stage Race. And uh, for me personally, I can't speak on behalf of the other guys, but over the course of the last five years, uh, these three other gentlemen – and my relationship, uh, they're probably the closest uh, relationship I've had with anyone else. And it's kind of crazy that the fact that we've only known each other real time, you know, on a calendar, 15, 20 days in person, you know, I would trust these guys with the keys to my house or to drive my car or anything like that. So I just, I don't know exactly what we've captured, but I'm incredibly honored to be here for your 300th episode. And um, I'm looking forward to the conversation we're gonna have today with these guys. Yeah, man. Well, I kind of want to get into that. So what do you think it is? I mean, you guys can all speak from your own experiences, but what do you think it is about doing some sort of adventure out in the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere that like brings people and draws people closer um, than like, you know, the normal kind of day-to-day stuff? Well, it's hardship, you know, I mean, I, Phil can certainly speak to this on a number of levels, given that, you know, he served. Um, but, you know, it's that same idea. And, and again, it's, you know, being very respectful of veterans and, you know, the entirely different type of hardship that they have as, you know, as soldiers and the, the stuff they go through. Uh, but when, you know, you're in the foxhole and, and things get really hard, uh, just it, it tends to happen that people bond. Um, because they have a shared experience, you know, in the shit, you know, as it were. Um, and I was reflecting on that. I'm like, well, why is that though? And, and, and it occurred to me and tell me what you guys think, but it was like, you get to a place of vulnerability, right? Which is you're totally broken down. Like you're getting your ass kicked, you know, uh, and you're not sure you can go on. Uh, and yet, 
you have other guys that are in that same position. And that's not a position that dudes generally are in just walking down the street and kind of the everyday aspect in their everyday aspects of their lives. Um, and so when you go on like a, you know, a big old race like this or any other kind of, you know, extreme hardship kind of endeavor, um, you get broken down, you get vulnerable. And when, when the people that are there around you kind of rally to you and help you get through, you never forget that, you know, because you haven't, you haven't availed yourself like that to other people in society, generally speaking on a regular basis. And so it just becomes a very different thing, you know. Um, I'm not sure if that makes a ton of sense, but you know, again, it all comes back to this idea of that, you know, we all got our asses kicked together, and and there's just supreme vulnerability in getting your asses kicked, and yet the other guys rally around you, you know. Yeah, Thomas, you you've never gotten your ass kicked ever, right? <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, just to keep building on uh, what Uncle Polly's talking about, it's stripping it down. Uh, when you asked that question, that's immediately the first thing that came to mind was stripping it down. And, and it is that vulnerability, you know, when you're running next to each other out there in the desert and it's, it's hot, it's miserable. Uh, it's just not <laughs> a lot of fun. And you look over and you, you see your buddy out there, they're going through the same thing you're going through. There's nowhere to hide from it out there. Uh, you, know, you take away the day-to-day -day, uh, BS, the things that people think that are important, all those material things, uh, all those appointments, uh, uh, boy, that, just stripping it down. That's the best way I can. Well, I was thinking about it today because like, I took my kids up in the mountains and we just lost, like I didn't have phone service for five hours. And it was the best five hours of the week, hands down. You know, it's the whole like, you're just taking things that you normally would have that seem like they're giving you comfort, but by taking them away, it's actually like helping, helping you find more peace, I guess. Yeah. I was just talking about how, you know, stripping it down and going through, you know, those tough times out there in the desert, you know, when you're hurting and you look over and you see your buddy going through it, you know, like you were talking about uncle Polly, uh, in the foxhole together, they're red eyed and bleary and, you know, really going through the struggle when you feel that the, the heat just blowing over you, you know, and you're not by yourself. Everything's stripped away from the day to day, uh, uh, all the material things in the world that everyone seems to get caught up in. And you seem to lose and forget uh, all those wonderful things that you take for granted, your health, water, food. So I do want to get into a couple of different ideas here, but I want to hear, like, I guess I never really even asked you this, Paul, but like, what do you, what are you seeking out when you sign up for something like this? Like you've done all, all sorts of different big adventures out, out in the wilds, you know, like, what are you, what are you personally looking for in those uh, experiences? Oh, no. Oh. Um. So an interesting. I don't know. Say hello. <laughs> Dude lost his mind. Um, to answer your question, uh, question Chris. So what's interesting is you know I've I've run stage races obviously before this, um, but the reason I seek them out is is not necessarily. Uh, based upon you know other outdoors activities or you know endurance events or whatnot um 
but you know, I've, I've gone to a number of silent retreats in terms of meditation, um, spent, you know, seven to 10 days in silence and that sort of thing. Uh, and again, going back to what Thomas talked about, you know, stripping it down, that sort of thing. Um, you know, when you're in, when you're sitting in silence for 10 days, you're, you're reduced to a, a, a bare minimalism of, of, you know, input, right. Uh, and stimulus and distraction is, is a really big one, which is, you know, you can't hide from yourself. You can't constantly, you know, be checking your phone or, you know, going to the next thing or talking to someone or, you know, keeping yourself over busy. You have almost nothing now in, in your, you have to confront yourself at some point and it takes a number of days. Uh, but so I found the same thing happens in stage races, which is you, you, you sub, uh, subject yourself to this extraordinary hardship over a number of days. You know, maybe the first day you're just tired and the whole thing feels like, you know, an extreme physical act, but you haven't on the first day really gotten anywhere, just like you don't in the first day of a meditation retreat, right? In terms of insight, in terms of, breakthroughs in terms of confronting your own vulnerabilities and your own manias. Uh, but as the days wear on and you're three and four and five days into a stage race, you've had all this time by yourself on the trail. You've had all this, you know, you've reduced your entire life to an essentialism, right? Which is basically, I got to figure out how to get up in the morning and get moving again and, and move all day and feed myself and sleep properly. Uh, and that's about it. That really is about it. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it's analogous to a meditation retreat, you know, obviously with 150 miles uh, thrown in of running. Um, but I'm always looking for the insights that come, you know, on day four and day five and day six, because, you know, all those things that are in the back of your mind, you know, that the essential things of your character and, and, and of your concerns and your emotions that you otherwise, you know, bury because you just remain too busy in normal life and too distracted uh come to the surface finally and that's when you have an opportunity to grow in a really significant way and really to see beyond the veil of your own thoughts your own you know tricks of like distracting yourself and stuff and really fundamentally understanding who you are and what you need to deal with in this moment of your life right and so that's what's always drawn me to stage races. Um, and, and I think everybody, whether they know it or not, there's some aspect of that, depending, you know, you know what their experience is with, you know, making more minimal their life uh, at certain points. But it's just, it's just so critical to turn everything off and not just for a half hour or a half a day or a day, but to just absolutely separate yourself from all the stimulus, from all the distractions so that the days can wear on the multiple days. And then all of a sudden, as I say, day four, day five, day six, all of a sudden these insights come uh, and they're not always euphoric, you know, they're very often painful. Um, but that's where, that's where the gold is, is, you know, seeing the pain that you've denied. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that, that's definitely my, my impetus for, for doing these races. Yeah. Uh, Thomas. So I basically was asking, what's i don't i don't even know if i ever asked you either but like what's the thing that is drawing you to these experiences like what are you seeking in these moments you know mine has evolved uh from the beginning uh to now it's quite different actually for me 
before I didn't know what I was really looking for. I just knew I enjoyed being out there and uh, all the adventure and everything. And it really wasn't until I ran with you guys out there and this brotherhood and camaraderie uh, spawned and took off. And I remember thinking, uh, walking, away, walking away from that race, I was truly sad uh, because literally it was kind of the first family of brothers I've had. We had all this thing in common and we helped each other through and cheering each other on, you know, everything from uh, busting up the rock and carrying it to hacking on uh, Philly's beard out in the desert, uh, cutting it off. Uh, and then all the way up to the documentary when we shot that last summer and working on it together and us being on one side of the camera and then Philly being on the other side of the camera witnessing uh, his struggle that he was going through and then being privy to it. Uh, like uh, uh, Uncle Polly, you remember how magical it was uh, the day it was a hundred and you know, 15 degrees out there dry. And I'm, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. right now talking about it. Yeah. And honestly, it's hard for me to even not choke up. And when we were out there in that blast furnace, you and I looked at each other and I'm, no words needed to be said, that we were witnessing this beautiful, special thing. All of these people transforming right before your very eyes. There was no competition against anyone. It was the elements and within, the, the struggle and the battle within. There was no struggle or battle with anything else other than that for those folks. And as bad as you wanted to help them, all you could do is be there for them. There was nothing you could say, but just be present in the moment and just be there to, to catch them if they needed it catching in, in that that state of vulnerability, right? That's amazing, man. That was so crazy. And that Phil, was, it was, that was one of the great days of my life. It, was, it really was. I don't know how to describe it. And Phil's probably like, you guys didn't run 38 miles, but yeah. uh, just witnessing that you're right, man. And it, it just seeing people overcome that was just magical. And being there for them, you know, in whatever small way it was, you know, I mean, there, there was a point where, you know, it, it got up to be about 116 degrees and, and Thomas and I were just driving around and, you know, ostensibly we were going to get shots for the documentary, but really we realized at that point that there was a certain, we had to wear a different hat, which was we had to be careful for the people out here in this extreme heat. And so we were just hunting around, we're just driving up and down the trails looking for people because we're like people might be in trouble you know we might be able to get to them before they drop dead you know uh and and you were our entire mission changed it was just like we got to look out for these people and we didn't really know them right i mean most of these people other than phil we didn't really know uh but was what was perhaps kind of the most rewarding thing was thomas in the back of his truck had a a cooler uh full of c minuses uh in ice more importantly uh which was you know we found these people you know that seemed like they're about to drop dead uh you know just 30 miles stag you know 30 miles into their day staggering through the four o'clock heat that was as i say 116 degrees uh and the only thing we could think to do is pull over and we had this extraordinary you know beneficence we could offer them which was 
have some of this ice out of our ice chest. We'll put it on the back of your neck. And that's all that we did, right? And in, 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 you know, look in your freezer, hey, there's seven pieces of ice. It's like, who cares, right? But seven pieces of ice in a stranger's hand when you're 30 miles in the middle of shit on a 116 day, degree day where you feel like you're gonna die, that is like heaven sent, right? And, and, and to be able to just be there for that person, just say, brother, here it is, man. I hope this is enough. And the look on their face, man. And because I've been there, we've all been there. You know what it's like to be in the shit. And when one person does one little thing that lifts you up, man, and it's, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an analog for life. It's just like, if you can be there in whatever tiny little way when a person needs you most, then you feel like that day was worth it. And you don't forget that day ever. And that's why we're talking about it a year later, right? Uh, and why we'll talk about it in 25 years, because we were serving, right? That's the whole thing is we were serving people we didn't know, people in extreme state of suffering. But you know what? Here's seven pieces of ice in the back of your neck, man. And it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. Dude, this is what I'm saying, man. Paul, you just say things poetically and I'm, I get chills and I get goosebumps. And yeah, man, it was it was, yeah, that's, that's absolutely incredible. Phil, I remember there was a story when you guys, you ran into Phil at his like lowest moment, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate, Phil Pinty? Are we, are we going into spoilers or, or what? I mean, I don't, this part wasn't in it. Cause it's not were, a film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I, it should, just, it should be in the just canned, All of Phil's parts, we just can that, can that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So two, two, two things that came up when you guys were speaking is uh, you, you asked Thomas and you asked Paul, like, what's the reason why we do these things? And the thing that just resonates with me is uh, that first year, 2018, when we all met each other for the first time, you know, we all had different um, reasons for doing the race that time. But like Paul touched on, we may have had all different reasons to get to the race. But like once we got to the race and once we met the people that we were slugging it out with, to our left and to our right and, and getting through the day and getting back to camp and that camaraderie and, and spending the time to commiserate and, and go over what the events that happened throughout the course of the day, like that in itself became our bonding experience. And like I said, I mean, I've got friends from high school and college and from the Marine Corps and you, you, you guys are some of the closest friends that I've ever had, you know? And then, um, I think it was either Paul, again, Paul's just knocking it out of the park, but so many times we think when we're going through something really, really difficult, it's like us versus the universe. And I've really, I've really been listening to all this crazy hippy dippy shit with like Alan Watts and all that stuff. And it's like, if you really think about just the earth, right? You know, we've got oceans and we've got mountains and we've got avalanches and snow and all this stuff you any one person versus the 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 universe or what whatnot you're you're done you're done for i think what we face with desert rats is it's not us against the universe it's us against ourselves and when we're going through these things and we lay ourselves bare and we're tired and we're exhausted and we might be emotional or we might be angry and somebody comes up behind us and and has a funny quip or asks how you're doing, you know, somebody out in the middle of the desert, the Moab desert asks you how you're doing. How are you doing in that moment? And how are you going to reply to somebody who's just laying themselves bare as well? And I think when you just see somebody, a human being like that, it really just opens your eyes that it doesn't really matter what you're going through or what we're facing on the day to day or 
if we're running late or what our responsibilities are, like just show up and try to be your best self, you know? And because if it wasn't for you guys that first year waking up every day and sharing laughs and all that stuff, I, I don't know if I would have been able to get through it, but I'm, I'm very fortunate that I had the opportunity to meet you guys. So that's amazing, man. You actually just perfect segue. And the other thing I really wanted to talk about, which is kind of the idea of like, you know, doing 300 episodes of this of this podcast i was like you know what what am i really trying to explore here like with everybody i've talked to and part of it is the what we just talked about like why do people go out and seek these out they, they seem hard and difficult and why would why would that be a good thing um but i also want to hear about like why do you think being way out in the wilderness and witnessing like nature i guess in a weird way, like may, maybe like this area making us feel small. Why is that? Like, why does that bring out us versus us? You know what I mean? I don't know how really to describe it, except to say, Paul, when we went out and filmed Phil, we had a really amazing conversation in the car with James uh, about um, you were talking about like witnessing a volcano erupting and what that did to you. And yeah. I kind of want to like bring that up and see what you guys think about that. Um, well, just to, just to follow up on the volcano idea, uh, and maybe this will be a starting point for, for, you know, Phil or Thomas, but, um, you know, <clears throat> Kilauea, you know, on the big Island, Kauai had a pretty significant eruption. I think it was might've been 2018. It was a few years ago anyhow. And so, and I went over and I, and I, and I wanted to see it. Uh, and so I did a helicopter tour over the top and I could watch, you know, the fissures, you know, erupting in a Leilani estate. So there's these houses and these streets and there's just lava coming right up in the middle. You know, it just doesn't care. It's like, this is, I know you think you're building, uh, and, you know, conquering nature, but the truth is, you know, what's under the surface is so much more powerful. Uh, that you know, civilization, all the trappings of you know your game of society are are, are really immaterial to to nature, right? Uh, and I was so struck by it, and I'm like, this is the most powerful physical thing I've ever seen, and the most extraordinary you know display of strength, right? Uh, and I kind of, for some reason, thought of society and, you know, when you think of people you meet who are really strong or display strength or something, there's always some part of it where you're like, well, how much of that is a show, right? How much of that is, you know, them trying to position themselves in society? Uh, and spoiler alert, I work in Hollywood and, and you come to distrust power, you come to distrust all the affects you see in terms of, of, of power. Uh, and so when I, when I was witnessing the volcano, I thought, man, nature is just doing its thing. There's no affect here. It doesn't even care. There's not, there's not, there, there is no agenda. It just is. And it's so extraordinary and so awe-inspiring that you can see why the ancients, you know, thought that this was the work of gods, right? But yet incredibly, it's the work of just mute science, right? And it, it just dwarfs us in all our agenda, no matter what we think of it, no matter how we try to frame it, no matter how we want to negotiate with it, it doesn't matter, right? That's just us with our little head going through nature going, oh, here's how I'm going to deal with this. Here's how I'm going to negotiate with nature. And, you know, the big, vast 150 mile track of the Cocopelli Trail is going, I don't care, you know? 
the, 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 the June day with 116 degrees says, I, it doesn't even say I don't care. <laughs> it just sits there mute and just does its thing. And then we're the ones getting all crazy, like trying to work ourselves up into something. And so it's extraordinarily humbling because it made me realize that like nature just is, and we're passing through it with these manias, right? And this narcissism where we think that we can frame it through the lens of our eyes and our mind. And it's not true, right? We're just some ants crawling along thinking that we can ascribe something to it that's not there. Uh, I'll shut up now, but I mean, it, it's, I think that's one of the biggest things in a nutshell about nature and these you know, epic kind of situations is that it just humbles you. If, if, if you understand it at all, it has to humble you to the point that you realize none of this matters. None, 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 none of it. Yeah. So I guess my my question kind of is, um, since it's like it's just a thing, like it just exists, right? And so you have the people who are out there like, I'm going to conquer this mountain or I'm going to conquer this trail or whatever they would say, right? Um, ultimately, do you think like to bring it back to what Phil was saying about like us, like in the big universe, it's us versus ourselves. Do you think that helps you realize that? If I, like, if I may, if I may jump in right yeah. there, the, the Coco Pelli trail, right? It was here before us. It's here now. It's going to be here after us. The, the, the Grand Colorado, the, the arches in, in Moab, Utah, these things are just uh, touching on what Paul brought up. These things are just acts of nature they're and they're beautiful and they're all inspiring we're just here for like such a brief little moment and i think throwing ourselves in this coco pelli race if if we can get through it we can say to ourselves 150 miles over six days with complete strangers i'm, I'm throwing myself into this thing alone you know and when you conquer something like that you're saying we we can't match the, the all-inspiring power of, of nature and these amazing things. And we've witnessed rainstorms out there and tents blowing over and floods and drought and 116 degree temperatures. Like we put ourselves into that. We, we voluntarily put ourselves into that, but we, we had no idea what gifts, what relationships, what in, inspiration we would gain from that. I think, I think you need to throw yourself into the grand unknown in order to find what, who you are, right? If that's what we're looking for, or I don't know. Yeah. Let, let, let me, let, yeah. let me offer something here. Um, so for all you guys, it's a question for all, all three of you. Um, so having done this race, um, what is the, the thing that you carry most away from it? You know, is it the qualitative stuff in terms of the fact that you finished or where you placed? or any of the numbers associated with this race? Because some of you guys won the race and some of you guys did quite well in the race, right? Some of those guys was not me. But, um, <laughs> but my point is, when, when you think of the race and why it has a resonance, was it those things? Or were, was it the moment, you know, the particular moment where you're doing something? And, and again, it's not a leading question, but I, I do want to know what you guys think of that because I think that will speak a lot about about the bonding, about nature, about these things that can't be measured and in a lot of ways are immeasurable. Um, so I, again, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, all of you guys. You know, for me, none of that matters anymore. 
I'm almost ashamed of myself, of the thoughts that I had uh, at pre-race meeting, looking back now and knowing y'all the way that I do. Mm -hmm. That was a huge paradigm shift for me. Um, and I left, I start, that, that was the beginning of a journey of leaving a lot of that narcissism um, and shedding that skin that I perhaps had. Um, we it forced have. me we to have. look deeper into myself. Yeah, yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just not that for me anymore. I, I don't care about signing up for another race ever again. It's not that anymore. Um, it's, what is it? It's, it's putting yourself, uh, there, to me, there's no suffering. There's no hurting or there's no um, pain cave to go to or anything like that. It's just be in the moment. All you can control is what is happening underneath your feet and the feet of the person maybe right next to you. And that's it. And just see what happens. Don't try to make it any more than that. Just be there for yourself and be there for that person that might need you. Um, it, and it's incredible um, the, the lights that'll come on for you when you finally let go of that insanely tight grit that you have on all that competitiveness uh, or the me-ism uh, of it. Uh, I can't even hardly post on social media anymore, right? I feel so terrible about it. That, that's not me anymore. And my relationship with you guys through that event was the beginning of that journey for me, letting go and shedding that skin. Um, that, that's, that's kind of my take on it now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so like, honestly, it's so encouraging to hear you guys talk about like what this thing meant to you, because for me, obviously it meant the whole absolute world, like going through, uh, that adventure together and now knowing you guys and texting you guys and calling you and working with you and all that stuff. Like it's, it's just meant so much to me. And so Paul, you ask about like, finish times and finish lines and stuff like that. I mean, that was cool for like a couple, like a minute or so, you know, right. like it doesn't the, last. So it, doesn't. it doesn't know. And the things that last are the realizations that you have along the way. And I could name like 400 moments from those three years of doing that, uh, race, um, in different ways, but three, like, I could name so many other moments that stick with me and are like embedded in my soul now um, that like, you know, the finish times and that, that stuff ultimately just it's, kind of it's fades just, away. It's the qualitative stuff for me. It's, you know, I think of just, just off the top of my head, it's like the second year we did the race, it was uh, me and Philly and Chris, we were sharing a tent and uh, it was a freak uh, lightning storm in the middle of the summer, right? And, and the lightning storm was right on top of us, right? It, it, was, it was a dangerous situation. And so, uh, you know, you were counting, you were counting the seconds after the, after the lightning strike. And I was like, oh, it's right there, right? So it was difficult to go to sleep that night and the rain's coming in sideways. Uh, and we finally get to sleep 
And then we hear, we all wake up at the same time because we hear a woman screaming for help, right? And it was so cool because all three of us were dead asleep and all three of us were on our feet within two seconds. And we were running out into the rain in our underwear going, where, 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 right? And one of the tents had blown over and was threatened to, to blow away. And there was a woman inside of it and she's crushed by the tent. And we just sprinted over there and pulled her out of the tent. And it was like, and I just love that, that we had, we all shared that universal kind of instinct. We didn't even think it was an instinct. There was just this universal instinct to get up and save that fucking stranger, right? In the middle of a lightning storm where we might get killed ourselves, right? Uh, and I'm like, thank you, God, for that moment, man. It's just to feel that, to, to, to feel that thing, you know, is like, I'll, I'll remember moments like that, or Thomas and I were talking about the, the, the 116 degree day last year. It's like, those things will last for me forever. And I can draw the, on those memories and say, thank you that I got to live that moment. Thank you that I got to live that moment. And it never goes away. It's not like the finish line stuff where you, you know, for me, it's like, hey, I got second in an age group in some race, right? I'll never win the race. Um, but that goes away in 10 seconds, like you said, Chris. But, you know, reflecting on these moments with you guys, these well-lived moments, right? These deeply experienced, intense, well-lived moments when the best part of you comes out in that moment, when the chips are down. You're like, thank you, man. Thank you for letting me do that, God. You know, it's just like, the qualitative thing is all I take from those races, all of it. And so much of that is my friendship with you guys, you know? Yeah. I always call it the like clear the mirror moment where like, you know, when you get out of the shower and it's like completely fogged over, except for Thomas who apparently showers outside in like a chicken coop. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, and it's the mirrors all fogged up and you're not seeing yourself you know, in that moment for who you are. And then all of a sudden it clears and you're like, oh, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I look like. And I always think about those moments as like, this is a clear the mirror moment. Like, what am I going to find out about myself? Is it going to be something I'm proud of? Is it going to be like, oh, is that, is that what I am? Like, or is yeah, it going right. to be like, whoa, that's what I am. That's awesome. So yeah. And I think putting yourself out there doing any of this kind of stuff, it gives you those moments and you keep saying like, thank God I had these moments. Like it, it'll, you're putting yourself out there and that's ultimately like what you're taking away, which is amazing. So, so yeah. I, I think my most memorable moment of, of this year's race, or if you were to ask me which, which desert rat stood out in my mind the most, I, I would have to say 2021 and, um, Many times in my running career, you know, you have families or you have a spouse or kiddos or something like that that say, we, we really want to come to see you at this race. We want to see you run. And I always tell my family, you know, you're going to be out in the freezing cold for like four hours. You're going to see me run past for like 10 seconds. It's, it's really not worth your time. I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm good. Um, this year, you, you could have removed the documentary aspect completely. Um, the fact that I had a history with you guys, the fact that we all met in 2018, uh, Chris, Paul, and myself, we ran again in 2019. And then we were all back in this same time in this same place again. Uh, I'm going to try to get through this without getting choked up, but uh, I never, I never felt 
even though I was out there in the desert by myself at any given moment, I knew that you guys were out there too. And I knew that you were, you guys were having your own experiences. You guys were working extremely hard to get done what you needed to get done. But like, if there was ever a moment that I thought I was going to give up this time, I was just, I was thinking of you guys. And I'm I'm not just saying that now, but I mean, we've all, we've all been at those moments when we're running this event where we just say like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I here? But I, I knew that you guys were out there too. And I just wanted to like push, I knew at the end of every stage, at the end of every day, we'd be able to share some laughs and maybe crack a C, C minus or whatever we're calling them. And just, it, 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 this year just had something, every year had its special thing. Um, but I think the fact that now we knew each other a little bit more, and, and I said this after you guys came out here to Maryland to visit me, it's only once you like introduce somebody to like your loved ones when you introduce them to your children or your spouse or your family you're putting like a name with a face and and my kiddos penelope and nolan have been hearing about you guys for for years and now and now chris and paul were like standing in my house having a conversation with me like razzing my kids and stuff and i'm just it it was all kind of surreal to me but at the same time i keep saying this but i i have to say it again it's all kind of like come full circle where like i felt we all had our own reasons, but my reason in 2018 was I just had felt so lost in my own life. I thought to myself, oh, there's this race where I can just run through the desert for six days and it's 150 miles. Did I even know if I could do it? I don't know, but it's got to be better than where I'm feeling right now. And then we got through and we say, we're going to do it again in 2019. All right. So where's the next adventure, guys? <clears throat> That is the real question. Where is the next adventure? Everywhere, baby. I have a list of stuff. So I want to, I guess, yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to say like, you guys are incredible. Obviously, I have so much love for all three of you. Um, I talk about you all the time. And so at least like to my buddy Cornejo, who helped us film, he was like, I was just so excited to meet those three guys because I've been hearing about them for years. So um Thank you for that. And truly, truly out of everything I've done with this podcast, like hands down easily, like way above anything else that could ever come from it or ever has come from it is meeting you three individuals and becoming friends and, and getting to like, I I feel like when you share ideas with people, like all three of us sharing ideas where I'm taking some of your ideas into my brain too. And so in a weird way, you have shaped my brain over the last three or four years, and uh, I'm just a better person for it. So uh, appreciate all you guys and, and thanks for coming on and uh, being awesome. If I, could, if I could just say one more thing, because um, <clears throat> I mean, I have the same sentiments. It's just, it's just that odd thing. You know, Phil had said offline, he had said, look, you know, I mean, in aggregate, how many days have we really spent together? It's like <laughs> 20, 20 or 25 kind of thing. Uh, but the bond is so much is, is so much more than that. And but what I find particularly like amusing but illustrative is, you know, if you just drew, if you just looked at a map of the U.S. and you're like, all right, so Paul's over there on the left coast, all the way over there, right? You can't go any farther. You fall in the ocean. Uh, you go all the way to the east coast, and there's Phil, right? You fall in the ocean. You go any further east, and then you go, well, let's put Thomas down in Mexico, or sorry, in Texas, right? Just on the edge of Mexico, right? And they're like, uh, Chris, well, it'd be too perfect. We put them up on the border of Canada. So we'll put them right in the middle of the country. In hey, my soul is Canadian, I feel like, yeah. though. So yeah. we can count it. 
Um, well, yeah, you're from Iowa, so that's kind of like Canada. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just that just that's illustrated by itself, right? It's just like how friggin' far we are apart from different walks of life, from different parts of the country, about as far apart as you can get, and yet that doesn't stop the bond. Uh, and, and I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, if I had uh, Chris, hats off to you for 300 episodes. I do a lot of driving. I do a lot of traveling. And so I fill that time with listening to all the podcasts. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Juggling the things that you do. My God, yeah. I have stayed in your home. I've been a guest in your home. I see what goes on there. Uh, and that beautiful little family <laughs> of yours. I, when do you sleep? And then you go teach. You're, you're a teacher. Yeah. What a beautiful yep. thing uh, yep. that you're sharing all of these experiences with all these young people transforming their lives and maybe planting a seed and that they might go on an adventure uh, and leave the screen behind or uh, the daily distractions behind. You know, you're inspiring some of those kids. I don't know how you do it. And I've thought about that so many times. I mean, I sleep. What does he do? You know, I, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> you don't waste a second. You don't waste a second. So, oh, man. man, hats off to you. Congratulations for 300. If I may, if I may jump on there as well, uh, we got to get up. This movie. is what Lindsay was worried about, though. This is <laughs> yeah. what she was worried about. <laughs> this is this is Chris. You guys can also insult me, too, to like balance the levels. So. The insults are coming at the at the very end. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. You can edit those out. Yeah, we have to get we have to get at least one movie reference in here, and I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna pick up the the flag there. Okay. Uh, in the movie The Gladiator with Russell Crowe, <laughs> a sentiment that is is offered in that movie is what we do in in our lifetime echoes in eternity. And to piggyback on what Thomas was saying, Chris, so many times you've told me how inspiring I am and how great I am. Blah blah blah. Come back and do the cast, and it's like. Dude, I, I don't know how you accomplish the things that you do in your life with such style, with such grace. You know, a father of three daughters, a, a doubting husband, a, a teacher of middle school students. You teach these leadership courses. Like, you're, you're the reason the rest of the guys are here today. You're the reason that 300 people have come to speak to you about their life adventures and stuff like that. And you took this this passion project that you're doing and think about just like the ripple effects that that has on people listening. Right. And when I was going through a real, a real rough time in my own life, like I just listened to all these people that you were interviewing. And I thought to myself, like, what, what are the key takeaways from this? What was their reason why, you know, these adventures and, and, and just putting yourself out there. And the fact that I'm a part of the group that you have here for your 300th episode, I'm just, I'm besides myself, but just keep, Take some time off, regroup, man, do what you need to do. But I, I'm just so thankful that I had the opportunity to meet you and Thomas and Paul, you guys just inspire the heck out of me. So thank you. That's amazing. Well, I feel like we should wrap it here. Throw, uh, you know, unless you do have insults to throw at me too, to balance that. Yep, he just flipped me off. Okay, there we go. Perfect. Oh, oh, hey. Hey, whoa, whoa. Hey. He's going too far. Too Ooh. far. God, this is on uh, just only on. Yeah, it's an. It's, this uh, it's is on only, YouTube. Are we on YouTube? We're not. <laughs> not anymore. Friendly. Not Program. anymore. <laughs> Wait. All right, guys. Well, thank you. I appreciate. It. We're gonna have many more adventures and and all sorts of stuff in the future for sure. Beauty. Hope so. All right. That ends part one of the podcast now we're going to jump into a conversation 
uh, with just Phil, and we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. Let's get right into it. Let's do this. Uh, so your kids are upstairs. You turned a movie on. Yeah. My kids are upstairs. I turned a movie on. I think on three, we're going to say the movie. And if we have the same, if it's the same one, it's going to be awesome. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. One, two, three. Clifford the Kung Red Fu Panda. <laughs> I couldn't even say it. Kung Fu Panda 3 for us. Yeah. Not the same. Not the same movie. No. Shit. I thought I was like, could you imagine though if they if it Kung was Kung Fu Panda three? <laughs> nice man, nice. Well, I have to say, dude. So um, this is episode three hundred of the podcast, mm -hmm. and nothing will bring your ego down mm -hmm. more than like talking with your kids about something. Yeah. And so on the car ride over here, uh, back home, I was like, guys, I have to get home. I'm going to record the three hundredth episode. And I was trying to get him excited. And my oldest just looks at me. She's like, I thought you've recorded a thousand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and that takes the wind out of my sails. Only, you know? only 300. <laughs> only, yeah. <laughs> only what? And then also I've been uh, like kicked out into the basement here. So mm -hmm. they, they weren't, they weren't pumped about 300 and they kicked me down to the basement. So that's how this is going. It's huge celebration here. You moved downstairs. I moved upstairs. They're not pumped. I'm super pumped. So <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, man. Well, welcome to the show, dude. Thank you very much for having me, Christopher Ward. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on 300 episodes. That's a pretty phenomenal feat. It's been pretty crazy, man. Yeah. It's been pretty crazy. And I know I've told you the plan, but I think I should just put it out here like right at the beginning um, for the people who inevitably, you know, like listen to like five minutes of the podcast and then disappear as we go um so the plan is after doing 300 um i'm gonna basically take two months or three months and i don't know if it's what's it called dude like a sabbatical or a break a hi hiatus a hiatus Ooh, that's an sat word <laughs> yeah man so uh so i'm gonna take a hiatus um basically i mean we can get into all the reasons why um but ultimately it just comes down to i have summer off my daughter is eight years old now like my oldest and i feel like she can go out and do a bunch of adventures and i want to be spontaneous and i want to have less things to do on the to-do list so um so i think for the next few months i'm just going to put on some replays of old episodes people may not have heard um or ones that i like really enjoyed or whatever uh so yeah man so anyways i thought i put that right out on front street so next week people aren't like what what is happening and <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's going to be the end of season one 300 episodes season one that's just season one yeah well yeah, i can't took, wait for can't wait for season two it took five and a half years season <laughs> one <laughs> but yeah that's, that's a good game plan yeah man but like if i look back though like honestly one of the things uh that i'm most proud of is the like people i got I've gotten to meet along the way. And obviously like you have become a really close friend and it's all stemmed from deciding to sit down with a mic in front of a computer. So, so yeah, man, that's crazy. Chris, man, that's super inspiring. And I, uh, the fact that you've asked me to come back for your 300th is a huge honor. And dude, you've been for me personally on my 
running journey and for what I've been doing the last couple of years, you've been very instrumental in that. And, uh, I've just sought you for all sorts of things, you know, uh, yeah. And I just, I, I, I can't commend you enough. I think what you are doing, what you've been doing is super awesome. And your reasons for kind of just taking a break for right now, I think are commendable and respectable. And, you know, we've all got, we can only have one priority number one. And uh, when it comes to like raising our kiddos and stuff like that, I think that takes uh, front, front and center. So I commend you and everything that you do, you do. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I, it's really important to me that my kids establish at least like outdoor experiences. You know, it's hard to be like a love of the outdoors because I know when I was a kid, um, you know, I would be running around the woods all the time. My dad would take me fishing and and all of this. We'd go down to southern Iowa and he had like a, a bunch of land there and I just run around and I didn't always like enjoy it as a kid you know mm-hmm. like especially like fishing you're like sitting in a boat quietly like you don't as a kid you have so much energy you want to get up and explore and run around but i'm so thankful like as an adult that i had those experiences because i feel like it's part of me now and and now i get it and i enjoy mm-hmm. it and i know that it's there like the outdoors mm-hmm. is there for me i guess yeah yeah so i want to pass that along man and i'm like this is the perfect time to do it and I don't want to like, I want to be spontaneous and not be like, you know, if Wednesday morning is a beautiful morning and it's a perfect day for like stand up paddleboarding, I don't want to be like, we can't do this because at 11 a.m. I'm talking to somebody. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just want to do less uh, yeah. this summer. So, no, that makes complete sense. And I think, you know, the whole time you've been doing the podcast, like you're a practitioner of what you're preaching. Like, you know, you obviously have an interest in the outdoors you have an interest in adventures and running and trails and mountains and all these things so the fact that you're taking a little bit of a break to like embrace those things i don't that's not a surprise to me you know like and i think you know if you if you want to be spontaneous with your kids you can't be scheduling i I don't know how you do it dude the whole time (laughs) the whole time i've been friends with you like you know junior high teacher you're a husband you're a father you know, you teach leadership courses, you're doing all these crazy things. Like you, I, I just asked myself, I don't, if Chris can keep doing it, then I can keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, the fact that you're just taking a little bit of break from the podcast is no, is no surprise. To me it's all. all coffee, dude. That's <laughs> it. It's just straight up coffee. No, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. No, it's funny. Like, I don't know why, like, I don't know if I feel guilty or what, but it's just, it's just interesting. And I thought like New Year's Eve, you know, like, you know how in New Year's, Eve, you kind of like challenge yourself or like, what's going to be this year's challenge? You know, like, what am I going to tackle? And I was like, you know, what would be really hard is to pull back on stuff, on some stuff, you know? And so I was like, oh, that if it's, if it's something I think will be hard, it's something I should try to do. Yeah. Well, there's the old adage, uh, addition by subtraction. And a lot of times people think like in order to like, quote unquote, like level up or to, to take on more things or to get to the, you know, bigger and greater things like you have to just do more and sometimes that's not the case like sometimes a perceived downshift in life is actually what you need to propel you beyond where you're at so i mean i even myself it's, it's funny you bring up new year's eve uh my birthday is actually january 1st and i didn't year. believe that dude there's so many <laughs> things about like the legend of phil Pinty, yeah. and so i'm pretty sure i saw that on facebook and i'm like there's no way 
dude. There's, <laughs> I was like, there's no way he made that up. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I believe no. it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, the birthday is January 1st and I'm actually, this is my 39th year on this, on this rock. So for myself, I've actually been kind of going through, you know, not to like overdo it the whole, like, Oh my gosh, I'm coming up on 40 or something, but you know, where am I at? What have I been doing? What would I like to accomplish? Like what's going to set me up for those things in the future? And, and sometimes that means doing less, man. It means pulling back a little bit. Yeah. They, so they say like the, the nines, so like 39, uh-huh. 49, like the years before you tick over into the next decade, Yeah, they say those are the years that people do like the most like midlife crisis, like <laughs> risky stuff. Yeah. So what are you going to do, dude? Buy a Corvette, jump out of airplane. <laughs> where are we, where are we at? Where are we at? I've been in a midlife crisis for like the last six years, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've been preparing for this. <laughs> No, um, I've been practicing my midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just really, um, I don't know, the last couple of years, the last two or three years, I know have been hard for a lot of folks. And <clears throat> without going into too great a detail, like for myself, it's actually been a great point of, of focusing. Like, um, you know, there's been like a job change. Uh, there's been a house move. There's been some some big movement going on, but it's like, uh, I've kind of pulled away from some other things that I was like devoting my attention to. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy and I'm really fortunate where I'm at right now. I'm just excited for where, where things are going. So is there any like athletic thing that you're eyeing? Honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to transition into maybe where the podcast is going, but, uh, whether it's like desert rats or whether it's like, running hundred milers or stuff like that for, for myself, I feel like whatever I had sought out to do, uh, you know, not that I'm like going to completely step away from like running or ultra running or anything like that, but I just feel content. Like, I feel like there, there's things before meeting you, uh, you know, you and I met each other for the first time in person at desert rats, 2018. And, you know, I'd said to myself at that point, I'm never running a hundred miles. Um, gearing up for desert rats, I ran, you know, 50 milers and hundred K's and stuff like that. But, you know, these are all things that were never in my wheelhouse of even like being possibilities. So I think sometimes it's good to just like step back and reflect and like appreciate, um, maybe defeats, maybe things, missteps, but also like appreciate and embrace all, all of the things you've accomplished. And like, sometimes you just need some time to, uh, again, we, I kind of keep saying the same thing, but you just need to like recalibrate, I guess, or yeah, set, set your sights on like different goals and maybe get back to like the, the planning stage and not so much like the action stage. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense, man. Well, you're hitting yeah. on something. I've thought about this a lot, but I feel like there's this weird push and pull for me where it's like con- being content and then also being ambitious mm-hmm. and, it always just seems like a, I want to do that balance where I'm able to appreciate being content in parts of my life. Mm -hmm. Then I also want to keep being ambitious and keep taking those little steps forward. And it's hard though, because I feel like if you get too much in like one direction Mm -hmm. or one side for me, like then I'm thrown off and now it's just, I don't know. It's like a weird balance trick to play there. Yeah. Something, yeah, along those lines, something I've really been thinking about a lot uh, recently is like, you know, we're in 
we're in May time right now. We're coming up kind of on like the end of the school year for our kids and stuff. And uh, Penelope's in fourth grade, Nolan's in second grade. And uh, Nolan also, we just celebrated like his first Holy Communion and stuff. And, you know, things we've spoken about on previous podcasts or whatever, like the sense of, of rituals or going through these processes of life. And, you know, knock on wood, you do well in school and you get through the fourth grade or something. You, you only go through the fourth grade one time. You know, there's these, there's these lessons learned and certain things that you achieve in each grade. And then it's like, when you get to the end of that grade, you have that summer break or whatever, and then you proceed to the fifth grade. And um, I'm just kind of thinking about these things that we do in life that maybe are only one-time things. Like Nolan gets his first Holy Communion and now he can celebrate those things at church, but it's like, it's, you, you never really go through, even the priest had said something to the effect, you know, you might count your second communion, your third communion, but then after a while, you're going to stop counting because that's something you've achieved. And, um, you know, along the lines too, of like the whole 39, 40 year old thing, like what are things that I've accomplished in my life? What are things I still have my eyes and hopes, you know, set on, but sometimes you have to just pull back and like focus you know, to get back to what you were saying is just, there are these seasons of life, but sometimes the most important thing in a certain season is just focusing on like where you are and kind of like leveling up where you are to like master where you're at. And then you almost take like a breather in life. And then when you're ready to like uh, jump into the new thing, you know, like you've devoted so much time and so much energy into 300 episodes of a podcast and you've spoken to all these wonderful people and great exploration and just such motivate, dude, I've listened religiously to your cast and, but you know, what type of adventures are you going to have that you may not have been able to embark on if you were kind of still focused and scheduling and doing all those things. So it's like, you got to focus on not necessarily, you know, I, my big thing is like, you're either anywhere you go is like a crime scene, right? That sounds kind of mysterious but <laughs> you're, you're either picking things up or you're putting things down like anywhere we go in life you're either picking up or putting down so i think in order to focus on your kiddos and focus on a great grand summer of 2022 like just immerse yourself in that and be present in that and you may do something this summer that like sparks some ideas or you run in you cross paths on somebody <clears throat> on the trail that just like you know just like you and i meeting or whatever so you know opportunities out there you just have to focus on where you're at be present yeah, man, dude, I wrote that down. <laughs> That's a, this is what happens, man. People talk, and then I just write down notes, mm -hmm. and then some of them I look back, and it looks like the writings that you'd find in like uh, like a scary movie, where it's like the person's journal, and you're like, yeah. what do all these? Because it's always like bits and pieces of quotes. Yeah, and you, when you even when I read back later, I'm like, I had this conversation. I don't remember <laughs> what that means. But I wrote, I wrote uh, either picking up or putting down. I like that. Yeah. Um, and it is true, man. Like you, I do feel like just really embracing, because I, I guess here's, here's the other thing for me is like, I think, and it's weird because, you know, like as dads, we're trying to prepare our kids to be good citizens and to eventually move out and become adults that, you know, and I heard something, this was in a leadership video about like time management, you know, it's talking about like the days you have the whatever, you know, and it said by the time you're 18, that's like 95% of the time you'll spend with your parents. And I'm like, as a parent, that is tough. That's a spicy meatball. That is a spicy meatball, man. <laughs> and like, 
uh, and I think about like, I think it's like in a weird way, it's just really sad thinking in a weird way because you're happy also when your kids move on to different stages of life. But it is just like a sad passage of time thing that you can't stop and it's inevitable and you're like, this is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to, it's like a natural process, but it's like, man, I just, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I'm like no regrets on like being able to have adventures with them and these like deeper experiences, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, yeah. But then I, but then I take them out for brunch today and they're just crazy. And I'm like, no, I should schedule more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do but three, three ten. I don't know. We'll, we'll do three ten. Um, yeah. dude, I was thinking about this. I was like, so I think when I reflect on doing all these for the last few years, I'm like, what what's the main thing like I'm interested in trying to explore? Mm -hmm. And I think it's the idea of like, what are what are the commonalities amongst all types of different adventures? And like, what are some of the common, like, uh, like epiphanies that happen amongst all these people, you know, like, mm -hmm. what are some things that it doesn't matter if you're rowing a boat across the ocean or running a 50 K, like, what are the things you're learning through that experience? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. Like, what do you think, what, what is the thing that draws you into the adventure or, something that didn't draw you in, but something you discovered along the way that was important to you. Mm -hmm. uh, something that I hear just come up time and time again is, you know, always the, the why, like, what's the reason why, right? Um, I, I would just have to go back to, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, but, you know, the, the desert rat race for me, the first rat race was, uh, I, I was putting myself in that thing, not really having an idea whether I was going to like get through it or not. And um, the, the parallel or the analogy with my life, or at least where I was at in life right then was, I know that like every single day, I'm going to have to do a certain amount of things. And the only way to like progress to the next day is by completing the previous day's tasks. And it was whether I wanted to do it, or I didn't want to do it, the only way to go forward was to do those certain things. So I just kind of was like almost using that as like to help me outside of running that like on any given day, there may not be things that I necessarily like want to do. And here, the secret that I came upon is like the things sometimes that you least want to do are the things that you absolutely need to do. Like that's for me being an adult, like to me, that's responsibility, right? Yeah. <laughs> like going to work, being a father, uh, doing the things that you need to do, go to the grocery store mowing the lawn, like these are all things that need to be do need to be done. They may not be the things you want to do. You're putting aside, you know, going for a run or watching TV or reading a book or doing things that like are self-serving, but in a sense, and what I've learned too, I don't know, I guess this is the biggest epiphany is I thought this whole time that I was like doing it for myself, but like the most important things are the things that you're like, you're doing for other people, obviously. And that seems like very, very simple, but the analogy that I'd use there is the last couple of years when I caught to Deserats, like I spent the time with you and I came to your house and I met your kiddos and I met your wife and all those things. And it's like, it's only once you meet the important people in someone else's life that they become like a real person to you, you know? And the fact that like a few weeks ago, you and the guys came here to my, 
to my house and met my children, like in so many ways, like I feel like they, not that it was like self-actualizing for me, but these, you are guys that I had spoken to so many times in front of the kids, or they heard me talking to you on the phone or something like, who is that? It's Chris Ward. And like the fact that you were like actually here in this space with us, it's like everything became real, like became real that I was like bringing, like pulling you guys out of like a fantasy world or, you know, it, it was like two worlds colliding, but I'm like, wow, like, you know, these two things can like kind of co coexist, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was like you were hallucinating us in the desert yeah. <laughs> and then we you showed up. Never, at you guys door. never existed. And then you showed up and I was like, wow, you're real, you're real people. <laughs> I thought I was hallucinating you guys. Um, yeah. yeah, man, we went out and filmed the, the, what will most likely be the last thing we film for for our movie, um, which you play a part of, um, which I'm very excited. You haven't seen it. You've seen no. clips I've sent you randomly. Mm. Uh, we're working on kind of like hopefully solidifying like a final edit over the next few weeks and then do some other post stuff and then hopefully uh next fall we're we're putting it into film festivals or trying to anyways um we'll see how it goes man dude i'm so proud of it like as it is and it was weird i think i told you this like the whole project just started off as like i had an opportunity because i because paul brought this up and he's a filmmaker and i'm like dude I've, i'm a i'm a movie geek i love movies um i've always been interested in the making of them and things like that and so it started off with i was like i can't not like go all in on this opportunity because it'll, it'll never happen again like it just won't and i saw that last year when harper started hockey i was like I just kind of saw like, oh, this is my last chance to like really do something like this for the next few years because life is about to get insanely busy with kid activities, which is totally fine. Like I totally, but I was like, I saw the like opportunity. Um, I think last episode um, when I talked to Bruce Kittle and his daughter, Emma, they mentioned the idea of open windows where it's like these windows open for a time and you either take them or you don't take them and that's your choice and mm -hmm. so it started off as kind of like a selfish thing where i was like oh this is going to be a cool opportunity um i'll get to learn this craft that I'm, i've always been interested in like be involved in it mm -hmm. um and how cool is that like you know that's super cool but now i'm at the point where it's traveled beyond that and i th i'm really excited to like share what we created you included and all the people all the racers um you know james everyone who like james who filmed it everyone who helped us film josh who edited paul like it's this cool like unique thing where it was like super collaborative because we all you know kind of have a bit of our hearts in it and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really excited for that and so i'm just looking forward to like sharing it sharing it with people uh, here comes my lovely wife, Lindsay. She's got to pop in on 300. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on, come on now. You got to put the headphones on All so right. you can hear Phil. What? I can't even see. Hey, what's up? Hey, Linz. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. 300 is here. 300. Phil turned 300 is what he's saying. Season one. Season one. Season one. You got nothing else to say? I got, oh, I didn't know. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I'm, I had a wine slushie. 
which is an awesome invention. <laughs> they should sell those. They should have those on the aid stations. They should. Yeah, that would be great. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, we just kind of went out, or they rode the bike down to a new place in our neighborhood. So, oh, oh, belated uh, happy Mother's Day to Linz. Oh yeah, I hey, my he, opportunity. He says it. happy Mother's Day. <laughs> she said thanks yeah yeah so, man so, i mean you're you're giving out kudos and you're giving out thanks to to everyone who was a part of this thing but i mean like i think it just speaks volumes that i i listened to your last episode with bruce kittle and and there are these windows and i think you saw this opportunity and you said to yourself i'm here right now i have this 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 is happening and like maybe i i embark on it now but with with the kiddos and stuff like that if i don't do it now I'm most likely likely going to have to put it on the back burner and maybe I don't revisit this thing for like 15 years or 20 years or something like that. And I just, I think it just speaks to like your character and the person that you are, but being a teacher, being a father, being a husband, um, you doing the podcast, you working on your public speaking skills and your, the leadership courses and all these things. But if you look at bringing Paul into it and bringing James into it, like you were the one orchestrating all those things like if it wasn't if, if chris ward wasn't beating the drum and and garnering the troops and getting everybody rallied together like that this project would have never happened it would have never gotten off the ground so i just i mean it's a huge i think it's a it just speaks volumes to like the person that you are and your dedication like there were some really you know you and i had some conversations offline and stuff and just like bouncing ideals back and forth but you know you never gave up you kept you said it was much of like a learning experience and like it was pretty much an ultra in a sense of <laughs> there was like deadlines that had to be met or like, you know, just getting ourselves out there. And even though you and I and Paul and Thomas, we were out there at the same time, like, you know, I'm running the race, you and Paul and Thomas are out there as production crew. And it was, it was kind of cool to see it from, I mean, I'm saying see it from a different perspective. I mean, I was yet running it again, but to see you guys out there not running, but more on like the logistical side and getting from point A to point B and running into obstacles that you guys ran into that, you know, you, you were like, how, you know, how are we going to accomplish this? And James is riding through the desert on like a dirt bike and stuff and the van life. And, you know, I'm sure it was just such a wild experience. I don't know if you want to get into any of that stuff, but yeah, man, uh, it was, is it weird? Is it weird to you? The fact that like for the last like nine months, I've just been watching film of Phil Pinty and and others, of course, it's definitely like an ensemble piece. Yeah. But is that weird? Because our our editor Josh was like, I feel like I'm best friends with Phil, and I know I met him once for like ten minutes. <laughs> He's just like, it's weird though, because you're like watching the footage and the people who had this week in the desert, but but it does feel in a weird way, like that I'm like in a weird way it feels like i'm still there because i've have all the footage and we're putting it together and we're watching it and yeah. we're trying to figure out like the story and the arcs of everybody and all of that and having these conversations and it's just weird because i'm like we're having conversations about phil who's our friend but we're also like talking about him as if like about his I'm a, I'm a case i'm a case study you're a case study or like a character and we're like we have to show phil's growth and like blah blah, yeah. blah and all yeah, this yeah. stuff and it's just it's just it was in that sense now that we're in the like editing and writing and post-production phase like that 
was a part I didn't expect. And it's been really cool and like really satisfying and yeah. works the mental yeah. muscles Muscle. a lot, but, yeah. but I mean, it's even, just even not even like documentary aside though. Like I made it, but if you plotted on a calendar or something, the amount of days that you and I actually have been like in each other's company, right? Like desert rats, one desert rats, two desert rats, three, you know, but like you, Paul and myself or Thomas included, like, I was having a conversation with someone. I'm like, I've, I've only actually been in Chris Ward's presence, like maybe 20 days, 15, 20 days. Like that's it. And I mean, obviously phone conversations and text messages and like all that stuff, but I don't want to get into any like spoiler alerts or anything about the, <laughs> the documentary. I just want to throw that out there. We're not getting into that, but I just, I, I don't want to say like I used the documentary as like a, a leaping pad or something like that. But like, I, I feel that, um, my personal journey and 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 the documentary obviously is the is desert rats race it's it's the desert encompassing the entire desert rats race and all the different runners and all the different hurdles and obstacles and the heat and all that stuff but just for me personally i feel like it just was the perfect thing to just kind of you, you were talking about person we're, we're trying to get it as like personal growth right and the the most important thing about a story or a movie or a book is like where did this person start what were the trials and tribulations and how did, how did it finish up? Right. How did it and change I just, them? Yeah. 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 And I just, I don't know, man, it, uh, art imitating life or whatever, but I just, it's, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get is I don't think the documentary was supposed to be this, uh, monumental ground shifting experience. Cause it, it, the, the race was itself. The, the thing was what it, it had always been. Um, but like, I kind of like reflected on personally, you know, even Reed, even Reed said, I, I mean, can I say this about like the, yeah. the banquet, the final dinner? Yeah. He just said, you know, Pinty, you know, you've done this race, like three races now. I love seeing you. I love seeing you come out and all this stuff. But he's like, you could run this thing three times. You could run this thing a hundred times. Like if there was, if there was some sort of life epiphany that you were supposed to get from this experience, <laughs> like you've either got it you've either got it or you don't got it. Like, you know, I'd love to see you back next year, but like it, it really spoke to me in a sense that, I mean, you, Paul and myself and Thomas, we, we experienced that thing that very first year and, and that's what got us to come back and do it again. And I think that's where the window opened that you meet somebody like Paul and you know, yourself and you meet Reed and Kyla and just how wonderful that this race that they put together. And it's like, we, you needed to like document this thing. You needed to like show ultra runners and and non-ultra runners you know it's I don't, it's not just a race it's not just a running event it's like a life event it's it's it, there's so much it's so much more than running and it's so much more than camping out in the desert it's this collective thing of why these random people from all across the country come together the aid station workers the volunteers like there's folks who've done this thing five times 10 times 15 times it's it's a it's a family. It's a family of people that put this thing on and the life experiences and, and what people accomplish, you know, out in the desert within themselves. I mean, it, it just, it changes people's lives, you know? So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I think also, I wonder how much of that for you this year, like mm -hmm. you were talking about like the reflecting piece and stuff, like you had these guys asking you all these deep questions, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we, like halfway through the race interviewed you and we're asking spoiler all alert, these Chris. spoiler alert. Well, I mean, it's not like in the movie, it's like halfway through, we're going to interview Phil. <laughs> no, uh, 
but we interviewed you like halfway through the race after a really tough day and like uh you know we're asking you questions maybe you hadn't thought of or maybe you did but you hadn't expressed or whatever so i wonder how much that is like i wonder if every stage race because i think what you're talking about with everyone coming together like and it being kind of a a human experience on like a much deeper level than um than a race and i think that's what interested me and that's what i felt the two years i ran it um it's an experience that's beyond just uh athletic event uh it's mm -hmm. an ath but it's through the prism of an athletic event <laughs> you mm -hmm. know um and i wonder if every stage race though just needs like you need to hire an interviewer and then this mm -hmm. person can just go up and just ask people questions about like an observe and ask people questions on these like deep topics that they're thinking of so they what can... was the what was the show on mtv like years ago like real world or something where they'd have like yeah. the with the testimonials or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They should just have a booth. They should just have a booth at stage races where people can go in yeah. mid midway through and just cry or, you know. But I do wonder cuz I mean, okay, so um one of the best parts for me this year as like a weird outside observer and that we didn't even get this on on film or anything. And it was one of my favorite parts. And I guess to the point I'm trying to get at is I wonder if this just happens naturally during a stage race between competitors, between crew members, between just human beings hanging out there, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you do, you just meet somebody, you start talking at a much deeper level. You have a much deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, one of my favorite things was uh, I woke up one morning, I was just sitting on a camp chair, drinking a cup of coffee. And I could, I, I was overhearing a conversation in a tent and it was between these two racers. Uh, and these guys were, are completely different human beings, like mm -hmm. completely. Um, mm -hmm. one guy is, well, I, I'll, I'll just say their names. I don't care. Uh, Jason. Okay. It was, it was, it was, well, they both been on the podcast. So Jason okay. right. and, and Luke yeah. and Jason's this like super tall, like. I don't, I mean, just visually like yeah. those two, cause he's really tall and Luke's like shorter than him. And, uh, Did Jason have to borrow Luke's like skivvy shorts or something. <laughs> no. And I won't say what the conversation was about, but they're having like this really deep emotional connection between these two people oh. who in every walk of life, like may never have crossed paths mm -hmm. and may never have become really close friends. Mm -hmm. And those two over the week became like best of friends and i was like they're two completely different personalities um and they live in different parts of the world and yet here they are in the desert and they're making this deep connection and i'm pretty sure they're both running it again this year they are which is are. so yeah. amazing dude and i yeah. just love that like yeah i just think that speaks to like what these things do man and i think when i'm trying to explore these big adventures, I think that is a commonality amongst a lot of them. Like you get these people doing these hard things with other people who want to do these hard things. And mm -hmm. in some way that forms this really a lot deeper human connection. Yeah. And, you know, um, if we end up talking with Thomas and Paul on here, 
as a group, like that's, I think that's a huge topic. We, you know, we all kind of wanted to talk about, but we only met, yeah. I mean, we met that first year for five, six days and you know, it's now four or five years later and we're, we're all still in contact. Well, and the other thing, the other part that cracked me up was, uh, you, you had only known Thomas Mullins, who's a legend, by the way. Is he a legend? legend. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard stories about that guy. You've told stories about that guy. Uh, (laughs) But you've only you only met him that first year, you know, like uh-huh. I had a few other experiences with him, like we ran a couple other races, um, hung out and stuff like that. Um, but you had only met him that first year mm-hmm. and then you didn't see him for like three years. Yeah. You know, you didn't yeah. see him at all. You knew him for six, six or seven days. Yeah. And I, we surprised everybody because he told me he was going to come out and help us film and help work around the camp and stuff. And he's like, don't tell anybody. I'm like, oh, I won't, dude. It's going to be amazing. And we're at dinner the night before and he walks in. And I have to say, like, we were a major disruption in that restaurant because you guys yelled so loud for like five straight minutes and hugged each other for five straight minutes. I'm like, and that was only after six days of knowing this guy. And that was actually, I actually brought that story up like just this weekend, but I was like, you would have thought we were like, hockey player not like celebrities or something but like we're just eating dinner and thomas mullins walks in like unannounced and everyone just like stood up paul and i like stood up and like bear hugged thomas and we're just like whoa for like seriously five minutes it was legitimately five minutes and so i guess uh this is speaking to my ability as a filmmaker i'm like the two of the of my favorite moments of that week we didn't even yeah (laughs) but maybe that was why they're my favorite moments they're just they live in my head you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah man i'm excited though i'm excited for people to eventually see it um and hopefully we'll have more info mm-hmm. at some point yeah. um yeah so but yeah man i i do want to talk about a couple things um and it's more selfishly for the podcast but or for me of course it is <laughs> thinking <laughs> about this journey but i think something i've struggled with from the get-go and i know i've talked to you many times about struggling like self-promoting and Mm -hmm. it just feels like i don't feel authentic at it Mm -hmm. like going out there and being like hey guys it's chris ward like a bigfoot podcast (laughs) like do you guys like adventure i do i sure do (laughs) (laughs) yeah whatever like i'm not i don't i don't feel comfortable with that and so i just remember at the beginning you think or i thought like hey this is something i need to do like i do it's this it's another weird balancing thing where i'm like i have personally grown from the messages people like you or or some of the other obviously like the other guests i've brought on like i've grown from listening to their stories Mm -hmm. and i would love to pass that on like pass the goodness on to other people But at the same time, I do feel, I do, it's conflicted in the fact Mm -hmm. of like, you have to like, almost like battle your own ego, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Help me figure this out. I understand, (laughs) I understand what you're saying. And I think in your, in your line of work with what you're doing, you absolutely have to maintain a a media, a social media presence and, and you have to be out there. But I think, you know, I don't mean to pat you on the back right on your podcast but i I think the way you've always done it (laughs) 
the way that you've always done it is, is very um you're leading by example and the the pictures that you show on instagram or the posts that you make are pictures of you out adventuring and pictures out with your family and being like you 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 practice what you preach and you talk the talk and you walk the walk and it's like i never i think that's why i've like become really good friends with you i mean not not just because you don't like self-promote but you're you're not like slinging t-shirts you're not slinging like other products to like help get your name out there you got your name out there just by like being authentic you know and um you know i've i've, I've reached out to you a couple of times because i myself like anything i was ever doing or posts that i was ever making it was just my my intention i i think i think what you're bringing up is a is a great point for like a lot of people because we want to show what we're interested in. We want to show that we love our families. We want to show these great milestones like in our lives. But I, I don't necessarily think like making a social media post is, is the best way to like show those things. Like I think I, I myself, I don't mean to di deflect or, or make your turn it on me, but I'm like, I, I've been going through something where like, um, my kiddos or my family are only the only thing that they know about me or the type of person that I am or the type of father I am is the type of person I am when I'm in their presence, you know, and it really doesn't matter. It may sound extremely hypocritical coming from, from me, you know, anyone who's seen the Instagram and everything like that, but, um, it was never about, that's never why I embarked like on that journey. And I mean, I mean, I'm very fortunate that like you and I have crossed paths and we've stayed in contact with each other and we've become friends, but like, that's not what I've set out. And I think the thing that's different with you is you have the podcast and you have this artistic ability and you've had 300 amazing opportunities to speak to the people who are doing these things. And you need to, you need to be the guy on the soapbox with the megaphone, like, like getting the word out there. And I, I think you've never you've never crossed that line where, you know, you, you've even spoken about this publicly on the podcast. You've never like sold your soul to like promote your podcast. Your, your podcast is your passion project. It's, it's your baby. And if somebody's going to like share your podcast and then give you 10% off their product, like that, that didn't appeal to you because it's like you're, you're, se you're selling 10% of the share in your baby. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just, I understand why you'd be like conflicted with that, but I think, I don't know what it means coming from me, but I think you've just done an extremely <clears throat> great job as you do with everything that you do. You, you walk the fine line of just getting it, getting it out there enough without like selling yourself out. So uh. I don't know. Well, so, okay. So I kind of look at it like this, where there's like a few battles going on mm -hmm. and cause it, it is like, you go out, you put yourself out there, whatever that may be, whether it's like a social media post or doing a podcast or whatever. And in your mind, when you post something, you're like, this is something that's important enough that I want other people to experience this, right? Mm -hmm. And you're kind of like building up this like self mythology of mm -hmm. like, hey, like what I think and what I how I perceive things is important and I want other people to have that experience. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just a weird thing to me where I'm like, I get that. And I think everybody does that to a certain extent. And I also think like social media is obviously a way where people are like, okay, this is like an easy, quick way to like 
somewhat have a somewhat impact on the world and we all want to make an impact on the world and that's like mm -hmm. a total human thing that i think is important for people to strive for but i think i, I think me, the important i think the important takeaway is you've devoted so much time effort attention to detail intention everything for your podcast for 300 episodes and those episodes are just out there on the interwebs no offense to like your Instagram posts or your post on Facebook or whatever. Like, and I'm not trying to be patronizing or rude or anything like that. Like nobody cares How about dare your Instagram you? posts. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody cares about anything that you're putting out on social media. Yeah. But you, you build a podcast and there's 300 episodes of very insightful, wonderful conversations and stuff like that. If I'm putting together a, a swing set or something for my kids, or I'm building a tree fort or something like that's a tangible thing. That's a real thing that like, it may not withstand the test of time, but it's like, it's something that I can show and step back and say, I I've done this. Like yeah. I'm going through this thing with like social media and stuff is that like at the end of the day, I think we've just been like conditioned and it's just been like, you know, when you and I were at college and, and Facebook first came out or Instagram first came out, it just felt like, well, this is what everybody was doing. And this is a, and it, I don't mean to sound all like, you know, old school or something, but when I feel like when it first came out, it was really just to like, connect with other people from like other schools or high school friends or stuff like that. And it's just evolved and merged and this whole like media marketing, you know, all this crazy nonsense. And it's like, I just focus on, it is a way for you to get to get the podcast out there. But when it comes to, I guess, I guess Phil's final thought in regards to like putting yourself out there is every little bit of things we put out there, we're, we're almost giving a little bit of ourselves, right? Like, if there's somebody in my life and I'm, I'm going through my day and I decide like what my priorities are, the amount of time that I devote to my children, the amount of time I devote to work, the amount of time I devote to friends, like they're all taking pieces of fill with them, pieces of my day. And I just think that like, if you're conflicted with just like, am I posting too much? Too, I mean, I'm not, not necessarily you in general, but just anybody like is what you're posting life changing. Is it some big, crazy thing or is it like did you have a fish taco for lunch or something like did you vacuum the floor i mean a lot of us vacuum floors i don't know if everybody vacuums as well as you vacuum but if you want to post I'm that the best like, vacuumer dude okay if your lines are really <laughs> straight kidding. and it looks great you know <laughs> you don't even want to see our carpet upstairs dude it is <laughs> it is nasty and we're like we can't replace it until the kids are older because what's the point you know, I know a really great vacuum influencer, so I'll, <laughs> I'll send you there. Yes, sweet. For inspiration. Yeah, man. It's just, I, I, I think I've always been through this battle of like, I don't want to feel self-important, even though I feel like the ideas that are shared on here are important because they're important to me. And it's weird though, but it's this weird fine line where I'm like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to ever think like it's my way or like, like you have to do things this way. You have to go on adventures. Like you have to go. You've never been telling anyone they've had to do it. <laughs> I know. I know. You must listen to like a Bigfoot podcast with Chris Ward. <laughs> I know. It's just, but it's weird to me. I don't know. It's. It's always been that fine line since day one where I'm like, cause you do dude. And I, I'll say like, I, I try not to check like the stats on here because I really want to just imagine my mom's the only one listening. Hi mom. I know you're listening. Love you. Um, but, uh, 
I, but I do, you get that temptation. Like how many people are viewing this? Like how important is this? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's kind of like the weird voice in the back of your head. Like how important is this thing to other people? And I've always tried my best to like keep that settled down as far as I can. But you know, every once in a while it comes up and, and it rises up and there's, it's just this weird kind of like internal battle that you have to have of like, Hey man, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's strange. I don't think you were ever doing the podcast though for like external validation. I don't think so either, but was I, I don't know. Or am I, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, I, I mean, I, I wrestle with that with myself though. I mean like, but ultimately I think what a lot of people are struggling with, not that I'm some sort of expert though, is, is nothing, nothing compares, nothing compares to you. No. Um, nothing compares to validation in like real life, you know, like, and I think what like the last couple of years has taught us is like when we had to like isolate and contain and we couldn't go out and we couldn't see family and all those things like social media and connecting via FaceTime or something is great, but like nothing compares to like actually connecting with somebody. And yeah. I've just kind of, um, I don't want to say like I've run aground with like receiving validation or something from like social media, but it's, it's not, it's not fulfilling. It's not sustaining. And, you know, you bringing up earlier in the podcast, like this time that we have with our children, this time that we have with our families, like, uh, little children, young kids are just nothing but like validation givers, you know, like they're, they're sponges for information. But at the same time, it's like, it's this whole give and receive thing where, you know, I, I do these little things for my kiddos and sometimes out of nowhere, they just give me a big hug and a big smooch. And it's like, that's like the greatest feeling in the world. You know, nothing compares to that. So just like, you don't, we don't get this time back and maybe the greatest stories ever told, maybe the greatest posts ever made or the posts that are never made, you know, yeah. maybe it's those pictures that you take that you just keep to yourself. And it's, uh, weekends that you have that nobody nobody will ever know about maybe those are the greatest things we experience yeah man well and no you're 100 right and i think you nailed nailed it on the head i've kind of looked at this experience in a really weird way as like almost a battle of like narcissism <laughs> mm. and uh where it's like you know, like I, like I said, you put, anytime you post anything out there, you're like, this is something people are going to like, like, you know, and it's going to make in a weird way, you're going to be like, this is going to make me feel good and important. And I think everyone wants to feel like they're making an impact, you know? Um, but I see, I see the path of how people get sucked into, um, all of a sudden now they have an Instagram or social media, or they're doing a podcast. And now they think like everything they're doing is absolutely incredible. And now they have to keep doing it, you know, in a weird way where it's like, Hey, I have to keep doing this because this is what people think I am. And this is what people expect of me. And you see that all the time. Like, I mean, it bums me out when I see it in young people. Cause I'm like, dude, you don't, but you don't have to, you know, like, well, you're setting, you're being a prime example to say, this thing for you has, has always been a personal thing. And I, I know that, and I, you've done an amazing job with it, but you don't, I don't mean to, again, sound rude or anything, but you, you don't owe anything to anybody. The only thing you owe is to yourself and to like your family. And I think all the reasons that you're taking, I don't want to switch back to like, you know, the, 
taking a break from the podcast and stuff, but like all this like internal conflict of like, what, what's the reason? And you know what the reason is and you know why you've been taught you because you want to get the word out there. You want to get to the bottom of why people are doing these things and why you're drawn to it and why people are drawn to you and why you're drawn to people. And like, you know, um, I've come to your podcast on so many occasions when I wasn't feeling happy or I wasn't feeling like being an adventurer and I was living vicariously like through the people that you were talking to and the way that they put into words their experience. I'm like, Hey, I felt, I felt that it it may have been a different circumstance, but like I felt that. And what's, what's the remedy to how I've been feeling? You know, it's only once you push to the limit of, of wanting to give up or not knowing how you're going to get across the Atlantic or not knowing how you're going to get across Alaska. And, and you just, you set up camp one more time before you threw in the towel, you set up camp one more time and then the weather broke and you were able to make it continue on with your journey. So like, yeah. just, um, dude, I, again, like you don't, I know why you're bringing these things up, but like you really owe no one. And I'm not <laughs> saying that you do, but even if, even if it's to yourself, like we know why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And sometimes we know why we need to just take a little break, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not even bringing that up because of the break. I just have always thought that was a weird, interesting kind of battle, you know, like, I don't know. It's just as an, as an experience, like I've never created anything before, you know, like I, growing up, I was never like artistic or whatever. And so I feel like when you create something, it's like, you want to see it, you get interested in the impact. And then if it does have an impact, I see how you could go down and be like, oh, this is, I, I'm going to keep doing something like this. You know, but dude, because... think about, think about over the course of 300 episodes, <laughs> five and a half, yeah. five and a half, six years, the amount season of time, one, season, season one, one, this is just season one, but like <laughs> the amount of time, devotion, energy, the amount of people that you've spoken to. And yeah. like you even saying about like the open windows thing, like you had that, catalog of material i'm not i'm not saying that you were using that to barter to to get more people on board with the documentary but it's like when you're putting your efforts and your interest and your love and your heart into something and you have something to show for it then you can use that to like that's that's what you use to validate yourself you say like that is a huge accomplishment dude that's a huge accomplishment and that opened the door i'm not going to say you're going to become some big level producer or whatever but like you you are on the cusp of putting together and finishing a freaking documentary about a stage race. Like yeah. that may, that potentially may have never happened if you didn't do the podcast. Oh no, you, it definitely working, wouldn't have happened. You were working on yourself. You were building your confidence and to talk to strangers and to work yeah. in communication and all those things, dude. Yeah, it for sure wouldn't have happened, man. And I have to say, I feel like this is going to be like when you're climbing a mountain mm-hmm. and you get done and you're just you have a headache you're tired you're like crying you've cried a little bit or you know or doing it yeah Yeah. you soiled yourself every all the time every time you do it no big deal uh and uh and you get back and you're like i'm never doing that again like it's one of those experiences like i don't think i'm ever doing this again and then like two days later yeah you're starting to google like what other mountains there Um, are higher mountains yeah yeah I feel like maybe it'll be like that. Maybe it won't be like that. We'll see. We'll see uh, the whole experience. But yeah, man, it's just been, it's been doing the whole podcast has been really interesting to me. It's been outside my comfort zone for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I still get nervous when someone's about to pop on for an interview 
and I haven't met them before. And I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. I hope they think I'm okay at this, you know, yeah. and all that. But yeah, yeah dude, it's a uh, it's yeah, the been... jury. The jury's still out with that with me. ah shoot man but yeah dude so i mean i guess like for me like just thinking about okay here's a funny thing i i i become like a huge beatles fan over the Mm -hmm. last like six months um Mm -hmm. and i'd always been kind of a fan but then i watched i don't know if you've seen it yet the disney plus documentary by peter jackson is it disney plus or apple tv it's disney yeah okay yeah apple tv did one on velvet uh underground Okay, which, which right. was cool too, but in a totally different way. Um, Ironically, somebody just brought up the the Beatles documentary like two days. Like somebody just said something about it. So yeah, yeah. So it's called Get Back, and uh-huh. basically what it is is it's a complete like fly on the wall documentary. It's not like they're cutting to like Paul McCartney now, and he's like back in the '60s. This is what I was thinking. It's literally like they had like 120 hours or something of footage of them recording one of their last albums. Um, and then Peter Jackson just edited it together to like tell a story over three episodes. And mm-hmm. it, I was fascinated by it. I was fascinated by it, but I could also see how people would be like, it would, if you weren't like, like I could see how people wouldn't dig it either, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just these guys like figuring out an album together. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I thought it was interesting, like how they're communicating together and they're on like, in like three months, we know what's going to happen. Like they're going to break up. Like they're not going to be a band anymore. And so it was like, how are they like talking to each other? Like, are they respectful? And like, you just saw this like bond and friendship that had built over all these years of this like insane experience that they kind of faced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just seeing collaboration from like the top level, you know, you get to see you like we get to be a fly on the wall and watch the top level at this thing do this thing together. It was super cool. Um, but I'm bringing it up because they did a song and I'd heard it a long time ago. Uh, it's called Across the Universe. And I'm an idiot. So I apparently never really thought deeply about like what the song was about. Mm-hmm. And like in the song, they just John Lennon keeps repeating like nothing's gonna change my world Mm -hmm. like over and over again and and like i've always for some reason once again because i'm a moron i was like man this is a pretty hopeless song by john lennon like he's just like dude nothing's gonna change your world man Mm -hmm. like nothing is it's gonna be the same forever and i was like oh john lennon that's bumming me out man and then which I'm sure like if people have heard that song, they're like yelling right now. Like you're, mm-hmm. a, you're a dipshit. Like mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Because it's really about like meditation and it's yeah. about like doing nothing will actually like change the way you're going about your world and perceiving mm-hmm. the world. And mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about that lately ever since I kind of made mm-hmm. up my mind to take a, take a little uh, hiatus as you know, um, our, our friend, PhD Phil Pinty would say. PhD. PHP Phil Pinty. <laughs> You're getting all hippy dippy. You're getting all hippy dippy on me. Well, right? but I was just I've been thinking about that quite often. I'm like, oh yeah, man, maybe like that's the thing. Like I I guess the other thing, like adding this the documentary project onto everything this year, it it has been like I can see how people get like addicted to work. Uh-huh. 
but then I feel like you're missing out all these other things, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, Something man. I've been, you know, you, you go into the next topic pretty, pretty, uh, effortlessly, but, uh, you know, something I've been saying to you a whole bunch, uh, is like things wrapping up like full circle. And you're probably like, dude, like, don't, don't text me full circle one more time. I'm so sick. Yeah. So we sick. actually, we do a drinking game, me, Paul and Thomas. <laughs> and every time Phil texts full circle. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you saying like the answer, the answer is like been there the whole time or, or you, you, you beat yourself on the head. You, you throw yourself into work. You think that like work or ultra running or X, Y, or Z are going to be like the thing that just like solves all of your problems like that. I'm just going to do this thing. But it's like very recently I've been realizing that like everything I've been looking for, and this is like super hoop, super duper hippie dip. Everything I've been looking for. One of those hip dips? Hip dips. <laughs> hip dip. Hashtag hip dip. Um, I've been laying the foot slaps this whole time. Oh, we we have to. Is, that'll be the last thing. We'll, okay. we'll finish right, we'll hip dip we'll and then we'll come to yeah. foot slaps. Okay. But um, <laughs> honestly, it's like when you just step back. You know, like if you're at a if you're looking at a painting, you're in a a gallery, and you're looking at a painting, and you're standing two feet away from the painting, and you see all the little like pixelation or whatever, but it's very it's very blurry. You don't see the big broad picture. People are gonna be like, dude, I heard this analogy when I was in like second grade. Great, <clears throat> just buckle up. We're just getting started. But you step back, as you step back, you realize you see the picture for, for what it's worth. You see like the broad scope idea. And I feel like sometimes when you just focus on like this one thing in your life and like it devotes morning, noon, and night, it's like all you're thinking about, like this one thing, one thing, one thing, you, you just, you neglect everything else that's around you. And you're not, you're not fully present at work or you're not fully present with your kids or you're not, even when, even when it's downtime, you're so wrapped up in that one thing you can't even appreciate, <clears throat> you can't even appreciate just being down in the downtime. And, um, I think, uh, you know, just to tie this little portion up nice and neat full circle is time is the healer of all wounds. And sometimes you just need to distance yourself via time and whatever we all go through, like these seasons of life where like life, where like maybe a relationship falls apart or maybe, you, you move jobs or something like that. Like it's going to sting. It's going to sting for a period of time, but then three months is going to go by and then six months and then 12 months. And you're going to find yourself in a completely different place. And it's like, if you would have just stopped in your tracks and been scared and been a deer in the headlights, you wouldn't be able to get to that like next step. So it sucks, but I think parallels ultra running where you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then you're going to get yourself to this next place. You're going to get yourself to the next aid station and they're going to have uh, Mountain Dew and pickles and some maybe some quesadillas and you're going to fuel yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, and you're going to be able to keep going and everything everything's going to be great. So nice, dude. I love that. That's not hip dip. It totally is. <laughs> um, if you're at an age station, it might be some chip dip. <laughs> chip dip. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> For another uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So no one's gonna know about the foot slaps, Phil. We had to cut. Oh, let me let me ask. So you, the foot slaps is not gonna be in the documentary. So we're no, there's no, no foot slaps in the oh, documentary. Man. Maybe wow. I'll play our uh, there. We had a great moment with you before the last day. You had been whole. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give a brief synopsis. Phil had this whole strategy, and now feel free to steal the strategy if you're doing a stage race or a hundred miler or whatever. 
and he's going to write a book about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's coming out, you know, uh, it's being published <laughs> at some point in the near future. <laughs> uh, it's called Foot Slaps, yeah. the Phil Pente story. <laughs> um, it's about no, we actually we actually spoke when when you were when you had Tim Barr and myself on. Sorry to cut you, but we we I we, that's where the whole foot slap thing was like born, kind of. But I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. So Phil told me before doing the stage race this summer, he's like, dude, I only have a. I'm a big guy. I'm a muscular man. Oh, I don't know if you said that. I'm adding that. Part. I did. I think I did. Oh, you totally said that. Okay. Uh, I only have a certain amount of foot slaps I can use this week. Like mm-hmm. my foot slapping the ground hard. So if anyone, anyone listening, <laughs> if, if you've ever like bruised your hand or something like that, you like fell and you braced yourself and you, you bruised the pad of your hand, it hurts to like do anything. Like if you need to pick something up or you need to dribble a basketball for some reason, your day requires you to dribble a basketball. It's very hard to do if your hand is bruised. And with me being a bigger dude or what I experienced when I was running my hundred miler, it was like. Obviously, yes, my legs were tired and I was tired after running for 20 plus hours. But what it became for me was the honest, the goodness, the foot slap, my foot like hitting the ground where I was becoming fatigued, where I wasn't running properly and I wasn't running on my toes or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And I, my foot was just slapping the ground. So when I reference the foot slaps, that, that in, in fact is the foot slap. So Phil came into the race. He's like, dude, I'm not going to lay any foot slaps until I need to later in the week. Cause the stage races, you know, you have to conserve some energy. You have to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So he's like day one, day two, I'm not laying any foot slaps. Even though I will say we were out there day two, you laid some foot slaps. There were some foot slaps laid, but day one. So when you watch our film, it's going to go to the race, you know, like Mm -hmm. day one starts and you're going to very quickly see Phil, but he's just walking along. And we had to, we had to talk to Kyla and we're like, can you say something about how people have different strategies going in here? Because people are, if people don't know ultra running, they're going to see the beginning of the race and it's like higher energy music. And then you're going to see Phil and, and other people, not just Phil, just just strolling it out. Just, just, (laughs) and also, uh, one of my favorite parts, um, that no one will see is uh when paul paul had like a really long lens so he's like way far away like it was like i was way up close every time i was filming you paul was way far away um and his commentary his running commentary to himself or to james or whoever he was by was so funny to me like so it's on all the clips like just the raw footage of it you just hear paul talking talking mm-hmm. about stuff mm-hmm. and there's one on there's one on the first day of you just walking by and he's like look at him he's just on a stroll in the park <laughs> <laughs> but uh is it but, is it too late to like in the end credits like you know how like some movies like 40 year old virgin or something like they'll have, <laughs> like as the end credits are rolling they just have like outtakes from yeah the, probably from not the that part probably not that part okay. but right. but there is a part i'll put out there deleted scene on the last day so you eventually were running a bunch obviously like i didn't run at all the entire time (laughs) but on the last day you were like getting all psyched and i was getting pumped to do it on that last morning like the energy was so cool Mm. and you're just packing up and you're like time to lay the foot slaps (laughs) and it made me laugh so hard and so i I think the actual the actual verbiage was it's go time it's go time it's foot slap time (laughs) 
time to lay the foot flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one so, of my favorite. That's one of my yeah. favorite uh, yeah. moments. So, Chris so and we, I are actually to promote the Like a Bigfoot podcast uh-huh. season two. Season two. Selling t-shirts that say "Time to lay the foot slap." Oh my gosh, dude! And on the back, it's going to have a hashtag like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm down with that. Actually, so, no yeah, one will get it. Everything has come full circle. Where <laughs> now I'm selling out. Self promotion is the only promotion. Yeah, it'll it'll have our faces on it, giving thumbs up on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So yeah, season two. That'll be in mm-hmm. like a few months. It'll be next. Mm-hmm fall once school starts again um i am going to record a few episodes over the summer just to have in the okay. bank but... all right well that just trumped a question that i was going to ask you but like yeah. what if I, I don't want to get too like serious or something but what if what if chris ward were to never like pick up the mic again like what what if oh i'm three... just driving down the dusty road in my convertible <laughs> sunglasses off into on. The sunset. oh yeah. yeah just rocking out um what if i i mean that's not have you, have you ever you're just no it's never gonna happen but have you ever thought about like you know so this isn't this isn't you putting the mic down for good. You know, this is just a break. No, this is a cliffhanger for season one. Uh, I say hold out until you start getting like endorsement deals and stuff. Like like... <laughs> yeah, if my mom's coming up to me with trying to endorse like the Muscatine Tennis Association. <laughs> I was thinking like insure or something, like insure protein drinks. Insure? All right, man. Yeah. I there's a few things I would like socks, running socks, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Who's doing socks? Swift, Swick, Swiftwick. I can't you even know do it. The best, the best underwear for ultra running is. Yeah, just tell like me. Hanes, like just like white Hanes briefs. No, it's not. No, it's. They not. say the cotton is like the best thing that you can wear. No, don't it just listen. Go into all the moisture and. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, topic, man. Chris? Oh yeah. So I will record. So I am going to release one. I'm going to release one every week. It'll just be like a re-release and I'll probably like, honestly, I'll probably even maybe even jump on and do the intro and outro. Like, a new- I think it'd be cool. I, I heard you say that before. I think it would be really cool is like you're re-releasing the thing, but maybe some, some key takeaways that came up like after doing like I, I, you've said before, you don't really like listen to your cast, but like, I know there was a, a young lady. You didn't you interview the gal that uh, has run like 104 consecutive marathons or something? Yeah, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to remember how to say her last name, Hunts Brosma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying man. like something like that where like they've accomplished, you interviewed them maybe when they, even before they set out on the journey. And now like you could do this crazy, awesome, you know, say, have it come full circle, oh, as we say. Drink. And, um yeah man i think i'm gonna do so because i'm like that doesn't take up much time and i can do that whenever like putting your personal touch on it you know like your little yeah because i mean i'm like it's also i'm not gonna be adventuring every day this summer with my eight-year-old she would lose her mind probably she would be like i'm so over adventuring at this point dad Mm -hmm. um but and that like doing the intro and outro like i can pop on whenever whenever Mm -hmm and mm-hmm. do that so so yeah that's probably what's gonna happen um i might reach out to a few people and be like what were the episodes you really connected to and why and mm-hmm. um maybe maybe put some of those out so yeah man yeah. it'll yeah. be good it'll be good man we yeah. got this i just i it's just been an interesting the whole thing's been an amazing blessing mm-hmm. uh and just an interesting experience for sure yeah so yeah thanks for coming on phil Penty. yes sir where can people find you? What movie are you going to star in next? I don't know. Do you want to say, well, well, here's the thing. Do you want to say the potential title? 
like the actual title like of the you're the first person to say it you're gonna have me break the title of the documentary you yeah you do you want to break it and then i'll ask paul if that's okay and then we'll edit you out if are we being are you being serious right now i'm being not? serious i'm, I'm being serious completely imbecile and you're gonna be like no 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 I, here's what i want okay and then we gotta wrap this up because i gotta go upstairs yep. uh yes, i want you to tell me the title but yep. then i want you to tell me because you got it instantly like i told you what i what we're pretty sure it's gonna be yeah and you were like you understood it pretty much instantly and kyla one of the people who puts on the race she also pretty much understood it instantly as well and i was like okay i think people will get like the meaning here so, so the title with- the title of the documentary that chris has been working on for over a year is entitled a long way from nowhere that's and it. now you would like me you'd like me to describe you'd like me to just spell it out for the people yeah we were gonna do citizen kane and uh <laughs> that was actually taken turns out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, well wasn't your other working title city slickers three or something it was city slickers three um curly's got a brand new bag bag yeah that was <laughs> there was a lot of input in that one but that one didn't pass we up. decided well we were like first of all no one's named curly out here so mm-hmm. we can't mm-hmm. go with that one mm-hmm. yeah and billy crystal denied my request to come run desert I don't understand rats why he wouldn't want to come back i thought he was i i thought he was going to run desert rats for a while billy crystal mm-hmm. See, and if he had been, a beard he could have been serving in curly's role in the thing and then everything yeah. would have come full full circle full and you know if billy crystal has a be- did i ever tell you this did Lindsay no. and i ever talk about this you met billy crystal no but billy i have crystal's a th- your your uncle No, Billy Crystal is the, here's the thing about Billy Crystal. When he does not have a beard, Uh he's a, like, he just has a unique look that me as a, (laughs) I just, I just think he has a unique look. I'm trying to Mm -hmm. say that in a nice way. Mm -hmm. As soon as he grows a beard, like in City Slickers, I'm just like looking at Lindsay and I'm like, is Billy Crystal sexy or am I just mistaken here? And she just looks at me and she's like, yeah, he's very good looking. No, I, I, it's funny you bring that up, but like when he's out in the desert and when he gets like that five o'clock shadow and yeah, he almost, it's like, I don't want to say like his, like it's his character arc, but at the beginning of the movie, he's like kind of got like a little bit of the receding hairline. He's yeah. kind of got like that curly hair yeah. and stuff, but then he's just a regular schlep. Like if you just saw yeah. him on the subway or on the street, you'd be like, whatever. But then when he's up on the cowboy on the on the horse and he's got the cowboy hat and that beat like yeah no I, I i concur and then we watch running scared which i don't know if you've seen he mm-hmm. also has a beard in it and he's like mm-hmm. a chicago cop mm-hmm. i'm like dude Lindsay. and so we have a theory it's he has the biggest swing okay. of like no beard to beard okay he, he no, makes okay the- no time to think about this on the count of three favorite billy crystal movie okay oh, one I don't have to think. two okay. three Throw Mama City Slickers. Okay. <laughs> no, it's gotta be City City Slickers is in my top ten, surprisingly. In you know, a weird Throw Mama, with Throw Mama from the Train, you got the Billy Crystal, Danny DeVito Ooh, tag team. It's a, it's a great, great yeah, movie. Yeah, it's yeah, a great yeah. movie. Um, okay. tell me what Long Way from Nowhere means to you, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Even if even if it's the meaning of the entire documentary, and like it's gonna spoil everything. <sighs> no, don't spoil it. <laughs> I don't know. I would say, I would say, okay, think about that title. It's going to be a few weeks, a few months or whatever before the documentary comes out a long way from nowhere. What could that possibly mean? I mean, okay. For, for me, 
what that means. And I'm going to completely digress. I'm going to completely diverge from the path. But for me, the last couple of years, um, and, and other people have said this, so I'm completely, I'm completely stealing their ideas and I'm making it their, my own. But our days, every day when we wake up, it's about the stories that we like tell ourselves, right? Every day, uh, not to draw another movie into this, but if no one, if anyone has not seen the movie Palm Springs, which has been on like Hulu and stuff, like Andy Samberg, and there's another young lady in that, but um, it's pretty much the whole Groundhog Day motif where they wake up and it's they're in a time loop and it's it's the same day repeating itself over and over and over again, and they get to the point where they can do zany stuff, they can steal cars, they can break the law, they can get into all these crazy adventures, but it doesn't really matter because every day resets and they're living the same thing over and over again. And um, I think for so many of us, we're kind of every day when we wake up, we're telling ourselves the same story, whether it's about ourselves or whether it's about our situation or whether it's about our family or whatever. And um, kind of like what Deseret has meant to me or what, especially this last year has meant to me is that what is the story that we're telling ourselves? Like what, what have we been telling ourselves why are we doing the things that we are doing and when is enough going to be enough? Like, you know, maybe everything you've been looking for, maybe if you're seeking to be a certain thing, maybe you just need to like look inside. I know it sounds so cliche that you like just need to look inside yourself and the thing that you think is like so hard to find has been there the entire time, you know, so a long way from nowhere. You just got to work that in there. <laughs> That's amazing, man. All right, Phil. Well, thank you, dude. I could talk to you for hours. We could, we'll probably do a bunch more of these, uh, in right. the upcoming season two, season, 300 yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it only each season lasts five and a half years. So okay. yeah, I look season, forward to it. Season two, you know, we'll be back. It'll be amazing. Uh, right now the repeat, the replays are going to be season one and a half. That's how mm -hmm. we're going to promote this thing. So yeah. But anyways, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, dude. Take All it right. easy. All right. All righty. That wraps up episode 300. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Thomas, for coming on the show. Uh, Y'all mean the world to me. Uh, I just am so honored to uh, to be your friend and and be able to go out adventuring with you and, and kind of like, you know, have... You know, if you look at life as like a different path and like everyone has their own little paths that they're on, uh, to be able to have it intersect with these guys, it's just, it's been so amazing. And honestly, none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have started this podcast. So this podcast means a lot to me. This project means a lot to me uh, beyond kind of, you know, um, it's hard to even really explain because you're like, well, maybe it means a lot to him because of X, Y, Z. And you're like, no, no, no. Like it actually means a lot because of the people I've met along the way, along the journey and the, the friendships that, that I've built and the, the relationships I've built by talking with people on here. Um, and really being able to sit down for an hour with no distractions and really hear a person and listen to what they're saying and learn from them. That has really been the like greatest gift of all of this. Um, all right, but it's two hours in, this is like the longest one. Holy smokes. Um, so let's get wrapping on it. Um, uh,
like I said, thank you all. If you've listened, if this was your first episode, just huge thanks. If this was your 300th and you've been listening since the start, hey, mom, hey, Carol Ward, uh, <laughs> uh, then I just want to say um, I appreciate I appreciate you. Um, I hope you're learning from this uh, just as much as I am. Uh, that's why that's part of the intent with sharing it is that you're able to kind of take some of these things back into your own lives as well uh, and hopefully you're out there seeking adventure right like dude go out have an amazing summer do a bunch of really awesome adventures um and and yeah i'd love to love to hear about everything you all are up to um and then we're going to come back in September and we're going to have a whole bunch of awesome stories, awesome conversations with amazing people to share uh, for season two. <laughs> Told you you'd get sick of that joke by the end of the of the show. OK. All right. That wraps it up for the week. Um, we'll be back uh, next week and the weeks after with some reruns. I'm very excited to put those out and I'm starting to collect the list of episodes, uh, everything from ones I want to share to ones uh, some people have written in about that really like affected their lives too. So uh, we'll get into those. It'll be kind of a cool, fun phase uh, of the show for, for a few months. So anyways, thank you all so much for listening and yeah, we'll be back. See ya.